2: the Around the League Podcast. Openly fears Papa John.
3: Welcome back to another edition of the Around the League Podcast. My name is Dan Hensis, and I'm joined by a room filled with some heroes, Chris Wessling and Greg Rosenthal. What up, boys? Hey, Dan. How about that intro? You, ha- you, ha- you happy with that one? No one needs to know that I, it took me seven times today <laughs> to get that intro correct.
4: You're like an unholy amalgam of Rick Keel, Steve Blass, and Mackie Sasser.
5: <laughs> it got real. Chuck Knobloch. I think you were feeling the heat from my intro the other day.
3: I think so. I think the pressure was on. Greg stepped in on Friday. That, I felt like, not so much Chuck Knobloch, I felt like Keith Olbermann's mom, who got hit in the face with a Chuck Knoblock throw one day behind what? the behind first base. Yes, true story. Mm. Olbermann's mom. On purpose? No, she you know threw a ball over Tino Martinez's head by about seven feet, hit her right in the face. Mm-hmm. Keith Olbermann's mom. Um, big day today. Big day. It is win Wes's toaster day, and I don't know if it was a little bit of gamesmanship from the boss, Greg Rosenthal, but... Wes wasn't even aware the podcast was starting, was downstairs while we were up in the studio. Wes kind of got caught off guard. We had to call him and say, hey, Wes, we're about to start the show. Greg, was that on purpose? Let's start right there.
5: I'm not confirming that, but I I don't mind that that it might have him a little unsettled and suddenly has to run in. No, it works out. It's been a
4: bizarre morning for me.
3: Why is that? Well, I'm on uh, another writer's. Um, Oh, right. (laughs) Jeff Perlman, the writer of a. Several books, including one of my favorites, the uh, Bad Guys One about the 1986 Mets, has a new book out about the Lakers. Wes, you offered some constructive criticism that maybe Jeff Perlman thought came from a weird place or maybe a (laughs) snide place, and then he went after you in a long blog post on his personal website.
4: It was was a peculiar exchange. I uh, complimented his book to all of my followers on Twitter, said I loved it, advise people to get it told people i couldn't put the book down but i just told jeff you know i love showtime but (laughs) but i'll buy you six, you know six high octane beers if you never again start a sentence with why comma you know that 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 which is an anachronistic kind of thing that your grandpa might have said in 1947 why charlie he's a nice guy you know
3: yeah and jeff perlman took took exception to that, and did you guys smooth it out? Because he seemed pretty upset on his blog.
4: I uh, I tweeted him back after I read his blog piece this morning, told him I thought it was fair, that I had no problem with anything he wrote, but he I didn't hear back from him. I understand where he's coming from. I I, I was kind of joking around when I sent it to him. I didn't think he would take it as an insult, but um, he did, and I understand where he's coming from. Nobody wants to hear from another writer that, are, that they're well, not doing something right.
5: But it annoys me that – sports writers in general are the most thin-skinned group of individuals on the planet, and yet we make a living out of
3: critiquing and talking about other people doing their jobs. Mm, fair point. Uh, this is interesting, though, that this is what's in Wes's headspace right now. He has this issue with a fellow writer in the medium. He I has... think it'd be
4: more accurate to say he is the issue with me.
3: Okay. Gold standard behind the glass. <laughs> so we have that as a subplot with Win Wes's Toaster coming up later uh, in today's show. Gold Standard, very nervous, obviously. He was in charge in, of finding contestants, and now the moment of truth has arrived after his... Let's be honest. Let's be honest about this. Your failure, your first it was time there. Yeah,
2: was dire. Let's not talk about it. So, I doubled up on deodorant today, though, because I'm sweating <laughs> bullets out here.
3: <laughs> All right, so that is that will be in the back end of the show, but we promise that the front end of the show and even the middle section, Wes, will be well worth listening to today. Uh, we're going to... Uh, dip into the mailbag, the ATL accounts mailbag, um, and we will also uh, then play the toaster game. But before that, why don't we do some news, Gold Standard? Let's do it. We start with Deshaun Jackson, who uh, continues to be now the biggest story in free agency. He is by far the best player, currently unemployed, uh, he has now a, that Pat Sims has signed, I think we
5: can <laughs> safely say that.
3: Pat Sims off the m- market. Obviously, Cumbie, Jeff Cumberland came off the market long <laughs> ago now. So Deshaun Jackson is right at the top now. He is in Washington Monday meeting with the Redskins. Uh, the Raiders are said to be interested. It's believed the Bills could be a player in this. Gentlemen, where are we right, n- right now with this situation? How do you see this playing out?
4: I think the Redskins have to be considered the favorite because he's in their building right now. And they're the only team that's really taken a tangible step towards recruiting him.
5: Well, we know the Raiders are very interested in him. And it sounds like those are the two teams that are most likely to get him. And now there's these reports mystery teams are out there. You know know what the mystery teams are? They're an agent, you know, whispering, trying to get other teams in the mix. I don't put too much stock into the mystery teams. I think the real question is which of these teams is going to pay Deshaun Jackson – like a true number one receiver, like the Eagles used to. And to me, they both would.
4: Yeah, I think if if he gets out of Redskins headquarters without a contract, that makes the Raiders the favorite. That's fair. Because the Bills have said, well, there's a report from the Buffalo News that the Bills are interested, but they're unwilling to get into a bidding war.
3: Why not? The Bills are a franchise that really, to me, needs a shot of adrenaline. This would be, obviously, there would be some risk involved with Jackson. Depends on who you talk to, how much of a risk the guy actually would be. But to me, the Redskins make a lot of sense. You could take him from a division rival. You add another weapon for RG3. The Raiders, obviously, that makes a lot of sense. A team that is still starved for uh, star power even after their spending. The Bills, to me, are the team that maybe I feel like they need to look in the mirror Doug Whaley, Doug Marone, look in the mirror and say, we need to do something to put ourselves on the map and maybe start building towards something again. I would love to see the Bills make a hard push.
5: It would add to their track team-like wide receiver group, but I don't know if they really need another vertical guy. Not that they wouldn't benefit from having Deshaun Jackson on their team, but they're building up that offense slowly. I don't know if he's really that great a fit there.
3: How come the Carolina Panthers aren't in the mix?
4: I don't think they have enough money. Uh, Gettleman wants to get right against the salary cap this year. He compared it to a credit card situation where the previous regime racked up all this credit card debt and he has to get back to, you know, to solid ground before he can make any moves.
5: Well, I like the Redskins getting Deshaun in the building first, and they don't really have the cap room, but if they sign Jackson to the money he wants, they'll probably give him a signing bonus, and they'll start pushing all that money and the pain into the future. They've and never done that before. And it's back to the Redskins being the Redskins. <laughs> they pretend like they learn anything, and let's let's get back into it. What could possibly go
3: wrong? Greg did, did not come out of the chair there, but it was close. Did
4: you know that the Raiders, <laughs> Raiders fans basically hijacked Twitter on Saturday? With a DJX to Oakland hashtag.
3: I love Raiders fans.
4: Really? Yeah. The, Bryce Gustafson, one of our social media gurus down in the newsroom, he and I were working side by side, and he was just, he was aghast at how the Raiders were trending. DJX to, to Oakland was trending for over 24 hours straight as the number one topic on Twitter.
5: Wow. I made some joke. Like the Raiders fans, you can, you know, say positive things or negative things. But you can definitely say they travel in bunches. I say, You say one crack, some stupid joke on Twitter, and suddenly you get every Raider handle in the world just <laughs> killing you for about a day or two straight.
4: I blocked at least 40 of them last week. <laughs> I,
3: I have Scar on my side, the Raiders' number one fan, right. so I feel like that's put me in the good graces of the organization, so I'm not going to be critical of them right now. It's, that's a good move on your end. It, Thank it, you.
5: It's weird to me that there's so many different ways to spell Raider for life. I swear <laughs> 50 different people have responded to me with different, like, Raiders for, for life. And just you
3: got to love it. Um, one team I don't see in our rundown, we have – What would you call this, Greg? This would be kind of our our running tab of what's going on? A tracker. It's the Chris Wesseling tracker of Deshaun Jackson. Yeah, Yeah. metrics gold for Chris Wesseling. (laughs) I don't see the Cleveland Browns on here, which would be a first this offseason for a player not to be tied to the Browns on some level and be described as the Browns are also checking in on the situation and are lurking. Not here.
4: I think they already have one controversial wide receiver. Mm -hmm. They probably don't want another, especially with a first-year head coach.
3: Yeah.
5: Maybe they're one of the mystery
3: teams. And it looks like it looks like my Jets are not going to be in the mix. The Glacier, John Idzik, it doesn't sound like, according to Rich the Media VSPN, that uh, the Glacier is interested in bringing in another potential <laughs> problem child.
4: Everybody had them right away on Friday as a team that was interested. And then Manish actually reported Manish uh, made of the New York Daily News report. of
3: the podcast.
4: That John Idzik was not among the general managers who contacted Deshaun Jackson's camp.
5: Well, yeah, uh, Idzik is very interested in Jackson, and he's going to get around to calling him in a couple of weeks and see what, see what the situation is.
3: 2017, he's going to give him a call. He's going to say, hey, Deshaun, remember me?
5: No one, by the way, took the Redskins. Uh, we played a game of go get my sandwich.
3: Yeah, I heard that implied. and I really enjoyed it on Friday.
5: Yeah, and uh, no one picked the Redskins. No one picked the Bills. And so my pick of the Raiders right now is looking pretty solid that I could have some sandwiches coming my way.
4: I think the 49ers might be one of those mystery teams.
3: All right. I'll, you
5: take them. I'll take the race.
3: We shall see. Speaking of the Jets, Chris Johnson, the Tennessee Titans running back, who's still a member of that team, but that doesn't seem to be uh, for too much longer. The Jets are said to have some interest in the, run, in, in the running back, according to NFL media insider Ian Rappaport. Of course, the Jets have Chris Ivory, who was a nice player for them last year, but he's also be, been injury plagued during his career. Put Chris Johnson next to Chris Ivory. I kind of like that. Chris Wessling. All Chris's. Nailed
4: it. <laughs> <laughs> what do the Jets need on offense, number one? I would say speed, right? Playmaking ability. Sure. You could say Chris Johnson has that as much as any running back they can get on the market. So hmm. that seems like the best fit to me is the Jets.
5: Even more than Tommy Bohannon? Tommy Bow,
3: <laughs> The fullback?
5: Yeah. <laughs> Big
3: fan of Tommy Bow. What about Mike Goodson? What's he up to?
5: Uh, he's still on the roster despite uh, – Lots of problems. Isn't in he New York. coming off an ACL
3: tear and
5: and legal issues and Bilal Powell's still on the roster? I think Billy's that's,
3: not a bad player either. Let's be fair. No, I think
5: right. he's okay. They that's not a bad situation for Chris Johnson. That's the sort of situation that I see him fitting best into, where he's just one of the guys that's going to get 150 carries. Don't put it all on him, and yeah, maybe it'll work out.
3: He does. He can't get a job somewhere where that he can get more of a commitment from a team. I think he might. From
5: who? Name it. Didn't you do the landing spots? I
3: did, and they're (laughs) dropping like flies. The
4: Falcons said they weren't interested after Jim Wyatt of the Tennessean, who had covered Chris Johnson for the past six years, listed the Falcons as his favorite to sign him. But that's not going to happen. Cowboys, he wouldn't be the feature back there. I'd kind of like to see him in Denver.
5: Mm. But even then, he's going to be splitting carries. I don't think there's a team out there that's just going to hand it over to Chris Johnson, which is going to be a humbling— annoying moment for him because I still think he's at the point where he believes he's going to get paid big money.
4: The only running back in the NFL to rush for 1,000 yards in each of the last six seasons and hasn't missed a game in five years.
3: Sneaky durability, Chris Johnson.
5: Yes. At, at the
3: you toughest. Give him that
4: at least.
5: You have to. He's He is the most durable running back in the league by far in terms of consecutive starts.
4: Yes.
3: Some news out of Cincinnati. Andy Dalton was on Sirius XM NFL radio on Monday Said that the Bengals and the the Bengals and the quarterback have. Uh, <laughs> you be- do
5: still say Bengals?
3: Well, you know what? I keep it real. It's all I can ever do. Uh, the two sides, the quarterback and the team, are in contract talks. This is the quote from Andy Dalton. I want you to picture some like really heavy grinding Christian rock behind me as I say this. There have been talks about it. There have been a couple of proposals sent over and different things. We're working. Hopefully, we can get something done. I'm not done. I'm not too worried about it. I know in the right timing, everything is going to happen. Obviously, everyone would like to get something done sooner rather than later. Andy Dalton believes he will be a Bengal for life. I think the most
4: interesting thing about this situation is that Mike Brown clearly sees it as a dilemma. He used that word, dilemma. He actually talked about whether he wanted to extend Dalton, lose his competitive advantage of only paying a million or two a year Hmm. for a quarterback and whether he might just draft a quarterback instead. He, he actually talked about that. Then Marv Lewis came out a day later and said, yeah, we got to get this guy taken care of. We need to get him extended. Mm. We need to build around him. We need to surround him with talent. Just a bit of a schism there.
5: You, you're saying nice Rex schism. and Idzik aren't the only two executives not seeing eye to eye. Mm. Uh, that
4: sounds like the case to me, and from what I know about the Bengals organization, Mike Brown usually gets his way. And, and
5: it doesn't sound that bad of an idea. Mike Brown's idea sounds like me. a great idea <laughs> what's, what's the hurry right if Andy Dalton needs to just run and take that proposal this is one of those proposals don't mess around negotiating take it now before you have a terrible 2014 season and no one's offering you anything
3: on a semi-related topic how what percentage of the league would you put um, the GM and the coach actively dislike each other we wouldn't know about it but actively yeah
4: like, not passive aggressively, but, just, but they're, they're it's known at in each the building that
3: they are not on good terms. Because you'd think it's kind of a volatile relationship, uh, GM and coach. 20%. One out of five teams. I like, would say even lower than that.
5: Five teams total. See, you, you did the math. Greg,
3: 12%. If, Greg, if you would have come to the draft day premiere, you would have seen the heat between Dennis Leary <laughs> and Kevin Costner. It's, it's real.
5: Story like that's got to be true. <laughs> I just figure if, if it's really that bad. Then someone's going to get fired sooner than later, unless unless you're winning a ton like in San Francisco.
4: Some good logic right there. Uh,
3: what's the word? Vermis- Vermilitude? Vermilistude? Oh. Vermilistude?
4: Verismilitude? <laughs> Let's just Varus- pretend this never happens.
3: Verismilitude? 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 Yeah. Great, great, <laughs> great part of draft day <laughs> is when Dennis Leary rolls into Costner's office and I believe lights a. Playbook or uh, draft studies on fire and drops it on his desk. Jen Garner, the cap expert, rolls in. Spoiler alert: fire extinguisher extinguishes the blaze.
4: I like how you just demonstrated that fire extinguisher
3: move with your thumbs in four <laughs> and forefingers. Real why, vermesilitude. Right? Why did Why did you need did that a word for? that you don't know? Oh, because it's realistic.
4: Nicely played.
3: So. <laughs> All right, gentlemen, before we get to the toaster, why don't we dip into the mailbag uh, the gold standard behind the glass I don't know if there's some type of sound effect you could come up with for someone going to the post office or this is maybe something to work on for the future
4: yeah, no, I have some like, experience in this department. What would be a good
3: what would be a good drop a sound drop for this segment
4: uh the guy from mr. Rogers speedy delivery and he- Remember him?
3: Oh, that's showing my age. <laughs> no, no, I watched that as a child as well, but I don't remember. Didn't he announce Speedy Delivery as he was coming? Speedy Delivery. Yeah. Yeah, that's not bad. This
2: is where the generation gap breaks down, because I did watch Mr. Rogers, but it's sort of a Mr. Rogers versus Blue's Clues things in terms, oh, of, in terms blues, of male yeah. motifs. You know? gotcha. I don't
3: know anything about this Blue's Clues you speak Don't worry speak about
2: of. it. Neither do I, but... Kids.
3: So that's a task for you, Gold Standard. Although, everything's on hold right now until we find out how it goes with your contestants. you might not up. be here. You're yeah. sweating. I can see the, the glass right it's now. Awful. You're nervous. When I was in the post office, the sound effects
4: was usually a shotgun going off in the newsroom. <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> 90s postal <laughs> service joke. I love it.
5: What? Uh, how long were you in the postal service? Two years.
4: I quit right before I was due to get my own route.
5: Mm, that's tough. That's like... Uh, I don't know what that's like quitting right before you get promoted to offensive coordinator and yet you just passed on all the all that luxury. I had
4: been doing <laughs> the ass end off of everybody's route in the in the projects and I couldn't take it anymore. And then I saw how miserable everybody there who was a lifer. Mm. Once you get kids, you're stuck because the benefits are so great. Right. The pay's pretty good. You got security. Your family relies. A lot of on. magazines.
5: I feel like you just take people's magazines. Oh man,
4: I was there were a few days I was stacked. Two or three feet high with magazines in one arm. It was, a, it was <laughs>
3: miserable. I have respect for postal workers, but I will say that I have an <laughs> uncle that I'm very close with that has what? <laughs> Nothing. i <I'm> have just <laughs> qualified. Go on. Um, Go that, on. That I'm very close with has worked at the post office since about 1982, and there's a running joke within my family of my father asking my Uncle John, how's everything going at the post office? And then my Uncle John goes to my dad, Keith, I told you to never ask me that. <laughs> That sums up my two years. Yeah. I just imagine staying there 30 years. I just like the preface.
5: I have all the respect in the world for people that work at the Postal Service because you know immediately coming after that is something that's going to
3: be disrespectful. It's not an easy job. Or maybe it is, Wes. But there's was, a lot of politics behind the scenes. I've had conversations with you about this.
4: It was uh, the most stressful job I've ever had, mm. and um, which is odd because it's also... Uh, of every job I've ever had, the job where I use my brain the least.
3: Hmm. Interesting. Well, we might have to have, once it really bogs down in terms of <laughs> in news content, we might have to have a whole U.S. Postal Service podcast with you or really dig in on why there are some people that end up going crazy. I'm sure Newman will be tuned into that one. <laughs> I love it. More 90s jokes about the post office. <laughs> All right. Let's dig into the mailbag. Uh, we'll start here. I've actually touched on this, but I'll throw it out there again now that's it's a couple weeks later. This is from Martin Wired. Uh, are there any early contenders slash favorites for the official 2014 ATL team, or mm-hmm. will you stick with the Panthers?
4: We are not sticking with the Panthers.
3: Panthers are out. They have
5: raised our ire. Yes. Well, you never know. What if... What if uh, they just caught our fancy again back in August? I'm not ruling anything out. I want to enter August and early September with an open mind to anything. I think that's a good way
3: to look at it. The odds on the Panthers
5: repeating it seems very small. I don't
4: think I've ever chosen my team for the year until after the draft.
3: When did we choose the Panthers? I felt like that wasn't until September. Oh, yeah. I think it was September or like early month into October the maybe. Yeah. Should we add to the level of difficulty and try to pin a team down and get behind them starting week right one? Right now? No, but you know, by the end of August. Now, I want sure. to watch them
5: a couple of times. I thought we were going to watch them and you get a little feel. You see who might catch your fancy.
4: I feel like it should be an organic process, not something pressured by our listeners.
3: <laughs> just taking shots yes. at you know, Why are you Jeff Perlmaning, Perlmaning our listeners? It's not even no? a
4: shot. I'm well, just
5: explaining that I think it works better when it's organic. Well, I think it's fair to say that it, it's more likely to be a team that isn't one of the five favorites to win the Super Bowl. That's probably fair. Yeah, I, we're not going to hop on a favorite. Right. So maybe it's a team, a young up-and-coming team, a team that doesn't get a lot of attention. I don't know. You know, like could be – Cardinals could be one. Maybe they should have been the team last year.
4: If it wasn't for Carson Palmer, I might already have them locked in.
5: The Chargers were sort of my backup team of the year last year. Uh, Maybe that's over with.
4: Carson Palmer pulls a Phillip Rivers this year? Hmm. We know how much you loved Phillip Rivers last
5: year. Wait, you're saying, I don't think that's, I think Carson Palmer did that last year, and now's the year where Carson Palmer turns back into Carson Palmer.
4: (laughs) He was second in the NFL in interceptions last year.
5: He did all right. How about the could? could, Would it be allowed to choose one of our favorite teams as as the team? Could the Browns or the Lions? Could the Browns or the? I mean, though, could as a group we choose the Browns or the Lions? Let's say
4: I could see the Lions. I'm not going to root for the Browns.
3: I the Browns (laughs) are poison. Let's face it. You know, until they prove otherwise. Well, if they drafted Johnny Football, that would change my whole Johnny Football.
5: It it depends where he goes because he he. What if he goes to the Vikings? I mean, it is easy to eliminate some teams. It's like the NFC East. See you later. Yeah. We're not jumping on any of those teams. They're gone. Uh, Packers have been too good. You know, it could be like a team like the in the Years. They've been in m-
3: in the back of my mind. Yeah. The Bucks. That yeah. could Buccos. be one. Good bounce back team, potentially.
5: It it could be a team that has almost no personality, too, at this point. Like Texans or Titans, where it's just all of a sudden you're starting to think they're frisky. You know what I mean? When, Getting when, a little you get, squirrely. Yeah.
3: All right. So basically the answer to the question... <laughs> Uh, Martin is it's wide open and it's it's a ever evolving uh, question in here where we're we're thinking about it but we won't have a decision for several months most likely. Moving on, Mark Thompson at uh, Marcus twenty six oh four. Marcus with a K, by the way, unusual spelling. ATL mailbag. Even though the gold standard. Oh, this is for you, Zach. The gold standard behind the glass. What? Yeah. Even though the gold this standard. Is, this is allowed. Isn't a NFL fan, <laughs> what team does he support? I have no idea the answer to this. You,
2: that hurts because I've, I've revealed that I'm a, I'm a Packers buff. Yeah. Oh, that's true. Dan that's doesn't true, listen yeah. to other people on no. the that show. No, no. I,
3: I had no idea that you were a Packers I was
2: fan. I by Dorsey Levens. I once child. gave, oh, I once can't gave him grief about yeah. it.
3: The, uh, Packers heat? You on me? the show, yeah. yeah. Well, he
5: actually was trash-talking me a little bit, I remember at one point. Was
3: I at this show? Yeah. <laughs> so That's all right. the team. So in the early 2000s, or so, you plugged yeah, it was in.
2: A, it was actually the Super Bowl year. It was 96. Uh, I was a very yeah.
3: Nothing wrong with liking Dorsey Levens. That's a good pick. Thank you. And you've endorsed the horse.
2: Yeah, Chamura, The whole <laughs> gang. Bring them all back. And do you
3: do you follow the team closely? Would you say not
2: that closely? I mean, I've I've followed the NFL much more recently, um, and I kind of just I think I'm becoming more of that that dreaded TD like figure who are black tie for those who listen to right. podcasts. Uh, who picks players instead of teams because, like, Uh, Johnny Football coming into the league, I'm so excited about that. Gotcha. Yeah.
3: Speaking of listening, sitting in as a producer three times a week, let's talk about percentages again. How percentage has risen in terms of knowing the NFL for you since doing this podcast?
2: I think highly, but there's probably, like, true, like, bedrock knowledge (laughs) gaps that I have. So, like, I know... Like, names like Greg Hardy, you know what I mean? And I can fake my way through that kind of a conversation, <laughs> but, like, someone one day is going to throw out a very obvious thing about football that I don't pick up on. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, really enjoyed it. Been can great. you tell us
4: what a three-technique tackle is?
2: Yeah. Um, let me try. Really? Right? So, like, if you have a if you have a 3-4 defense, well, let me start there. I'm, uh, that could be wrong. Cool. But let me get through that. Uh, so you have three guys on the line. It's the tackle who plays between, like, He's lining up against four guys. <laughs> it's the tackle between the two interior uh, offensive linemen. Is that wrong? You're, mm-hmm. c- you're
4: sniffing around there. Oh, yeah, it's, nice play. It, the three technique usually plays in a 4-3 defense, and it depends which gap you're penetrating got on it. the offensive line. Oh, okay. Right now
2: I'm Trying, guys. i got to read more books. That's what it comes down to. <laughs> you know, Wes, this
3: isn't your day to be asking questions. You know. Oh, sorry. <laughs> uh, they're coming to you. All right, finally, this is a question to Wes. Who runs the faster forty, Chris Wessling or Papa John?
4: I'd smoke that dude. <laughs> I think I could run a five-four.
3: Have you? Well, I don't know. Papa John, have you factored in his potential supernatural abilities? Well, yeah. I mean,
4: if it, <laughs> if I was forced to stare into his eyes for a while, I'd never make you it off not the
3: finish line. Look, Papa John in the eyes. Well known. Greg is uncomfortable, visibly. No, Should Greg doesn't think I can
5: run a five four.
3: Are you uncomfortable that that Wes says he can run a five four, or that we're talking about Papa John?
5: I'm comfortable with everything, but I <laughs> but I don't believe West could run a five four, which that's pretty quick.
3: I think he could do it. I think West is a good athlete. I know he is actually, and I know he's got a bad shoulder right now. He's got a bum wing. I've
5: seen I've seen the NFL media crew run some 40s in indianapolis and some of the younger somewhat athletic ones they ran them and they weren't running five fours they were running slower than that even the fast ones were slower than that we're a slow people (laughs) the slow race you're
4: probably right everybody overrates their own 40 time
3: yes everyone it's true everybody thinks they're faster than they are um all right gentlemen We'll dig back into the mailbag uh, when Sessler gets back into town because there were some Sessler questions that I didn't feel were, um, were right to have him without him. Mark's on vacation for he's the week. He's in the by desert. I mean. Yeah, we should have said that at the top. Mark is going to be out of the picture for the whole week. Is that correct, boss? That's right. So he'll be back, and we'll get back into the mailbag when he's here. Now is the time, the gold standard. I'm ready. All right, so Chris Wessling... I wish I would have done some research before we get, got in the studio today, on your record. But I think we played the game roughly five times, win Wes's toaster. Sounds about right. Um, you have There was one controversial game where it appeared that you lost, but you had actually won. Other than that, it's been a clean sweep where you, there have been no questions about who the champion is. If Wes loses this challenge, this game of skill and valor, he has to give up his toaster to a fan, an ATL podcast fan caller. The gold center behind the glass, it's been up to him to find contestants over the past week, and now he's done it, and let's it's get not, into it. It's well, not just any toaster right. I think people have uh, to know. Greg, explain to the people.
5: I, if you want to get a piece of toast in the morning and you think, <laughs> hey, I'd love to have an NFL logo on it, this is the toaster for you. But then if you wake up the next day and you want a different NFL logo on it, you're feeling it's more of a Titans day, you can have that logo. It imprints all 32 logos into your piece of toast, and,
3: which is pretty amazing. And by the way, it is. this is literally, literally one of a kind. This is not a uh, It's no product. longer for sale. We this didn't know that sale. when we
4: first started the game. We thought we could replicate this, but we have looked
5: on eBay and other sites. We cannot find another Toaster that imprints all 32 teams. Sometimes the powers that be want the Around the League group or myself to talk up or sell some other product or, you know, series or something that's going on within the group. And, you know, yeah, you feel weird about it. Maybe I fully believe in this toaster. It's one of the best things the NFL has ever done. <laughs> <laughs>
3: all right. And since Mark isn't here, Mark Sessler, uh, the Sizzler, has always been the timekeeper. In Win West's Toaster. It's a, it's a job that he didn't take for granted. It was a job that he felt was a responsibility, and I thought he's always handled it with grace. And now that job falls to Greg Rosenthal, who just recently um, has kind of fallen in love with the game Win West's Toaster. I wouldn't
5: say that. I'm definitely rooting against Wes. I think this is the day that the toaster and this game. <laughs> I feel
4: like are the, all done. the gold standard has <laughs> probably lined up some kind of football genius today.
3: I'm not feeling as confident as I was the last few Ooh, times. I like it
2: going to have to wait to find out.
3: All right. So why don't we get somebody on the phone, Gold Center?
2: Let's do it. I yep. haven't
4: studied my stadium since last time.
3: <laughs> well, you better hope that I don't have it. That sounds like uh, Stadia. you're not
4: Stadia. Nice. Stadia is correct.
3: Vers- versimilitude? Verismilitude. Verismilitude. That's how you say it. Verismilitude. I don't
5: even know if you used it correctly, but I don't really know that word. I think so it I means don't, truth, I don't right? know if you would or not. It means
3: realistic. It's realism i love the word all right the gold standard who do we have up first in today's game
2: so today we have a, a gentleman who in the underground circles of nfl trivia goes by big mike
3: oh big mike we talked about big mike before the show big mike as he goes by uh within the nfl circles is a big jets fan is that correct mike big mike that is correct that is correct Dan. and you have been to a game that i was at as well uh i believe is that true yeah, I think we were both at the same game. And that is what game? The
1: fake spike game.
3: Yes. Mm. Fake spike, November. Nineteen ninety four Dan Marino's fake spike against the Jets. Basically set the Jets in a tailspin that took them three years to recover from. But that's good. That gave that gave you and I character and all other Jets fans. That's one way to look at it. Are you are you familiar with the game Win West's Toaster, Big Mike? Yes, I am very familiar with that game. All right, and, and I would, I'm just curious one out of ten, what is your level of confidence in taking down Wes, the mailman? A seven. Only a seven because I respect Wes. Ah, All right. We, we've, interesting. I like this. We've
5: struggled to get contestants that can challenge Wes, so now we're going with a new tactic intimidation. <laughs> Gigantic callers, big
3: mic. Big Mike, so Big Mike Big Mike knows the rules, but we will go over them real quickly if you're a first-time listener to the game. I will ask Big Mike six NFL trivia questions while Wes is out of the room in a soundproof booth, and then at he'll get 60 seconds to answer it. Greg is the official timer. And then Wes will then come and sit down and answer the same six questions. Whoever gets more correct is the winner and gets the toaster. If there is a tie, it comes down to the clock, and who got the answers quickest so uh big mike just know when you do get through just to say stop the clock so greg can know when to shut it down and we could use that as your final score great all right let's do it wes be gone and there goes chris wessling the mailman he's walking out of the room the mad scientist
5: i feel like we don't get enough use out of the soundproof booth for the rest of the weeks, you know mm, what I mean? That's true.
3: We should start just putting lot, each other a, in them. It's a big production expense. Like, if someone, you know, we should have like uh, Veris Militude, if someone <laughs> mispronounces that, into the soundproof booth. <laughs> anyway, all right, Big Mike. Um, Greg, at the start of the music, we will begin. Gold standard, let's do this. Who was the Lions' head coach in their 0 and 16 season in 2008? Bobby Ross. Who was the Saints' leading receiver in their Super Bowl season of 2009? Marcus Colson. Who was the Panthers' kicker whose out of bounds kickoff led to doom against the Patriots late in Super Bowl 38? John Casey. The Jets took this quarterback three picks before the Dolphins selected Dan Marino in the 1983 NFL Draft. Ken O'Brien. Who is the leading rusher in Oakland Raiders' history? Marcus Allen. Name two active NFL quarterbacks who are Heisman Trophy winners. Robert Griffin. Oh, my God. And, uh... Kate Manning. No, he's not a Heisman Trophy winner. All right. Stop the yeah. clock. Stop the clock. Damn it. What is it? All right. You got... Four, correct. That's excellent. That's pretty Thank good. You. you got a chance. You uh, only had a couple seconds left, so if it came down to a
5: tie, you'd so be in trouble. So it's four
3: and 57 seconds. All right, the gold center. Let's summon the mad scientist. little pressure on Wes this yeah, time. Yeah, but we can't let him know. All right, Wes. <clears throat> As Wes sits down in the chair, Big Mike, I cannot tell you. I know, Wes, you always want to know <laughs> what your competitor is. I always got. try to trick you into telling me. And I will not tell you. But just know that you need to compete. But that would not change, no matter whether Big Mike got six or zero or something in between. I remember compete.
4: when I walked into the room after Saskatoon went, and yeah. he told me I needed to compete then too.
3: Yeah, that's true. Saskatoon, but famously, he only had one or he one, had zero. That was one for Saskatoon, <laughs> the last game. Yeah. All right, Big Mike, you sit tight and listen in. And at the start of the music, Wes will battle for his toaster. Who was the Lions head coach in their 0-16 season in 2008?
4: Was it Marinelli or Morningwig? I'll go Rob Marinelli.
3: Who was the Saints' leading receiver in their Super Bowl season of 2009? Marcus Colston. Who was the Panthers kicker whose out-of-bounds kickoff led to John doom? John Casey. And- the Jets took this quarterback three picks before the Dolphins selected Dan Marino. In Ken the ni- O'Brien. who is the leading rusher in Oakland Raiders history? Marcus Allen. Name two active quarterbacks who are Heisman Trophy winners.
4: RG3 and
3: Carson Palmer stop the clock that is 6 out of 6 for yes. Chris Wessling gotta get these questions even harder I guess Big Mike 4 out of 6 great ba- great job by Big Mike you really did put up a great fight but Wes again was it's a dynasty right now Big Mike yes I'm sorry that you, you fell short, but it was quite an effort. All right. Thank you very much. At and le- Rod Marinelli was the coach there, huh? Yeah. He was. The answer was Rod oh. Marinelli, yes.
5: At least oh. you gave a battle. This is Dan somehow works it in such a way that <laughs> Wes always keeps his toaster. But <laughs> now he at least has some competition. See, he thinks that's good for ratings or whatever. <laughs> this is the perfect way. I don't think those hear.
3: were cupcake questions. What a naysayer Rosenthal is in this case. That was a great battle by Big Mike, and Wes came out on top. Wasn't that right, close. Congrats, Big right, Mike, congrats, thank you for listening, and uh, thank you for trying to win-win Wes's toaster. Gold standard is, is floating right now because what? That, was a, that was a good competitor.
2: Yeah, I feel like Don King right now. <laughs>
3: it's,
2: it's like I keep the moneymaker with the crown but we gave him a good fight. That if if you're play.
5: satisfied with that performance, you need to have higher goals. I mean, <laughs> he, he lost when my parents He lost... me
2: literally every night, Greg, <laughs> Which so. ones did
5: he miss? He lost by 21. First of all, if it was a tie, it took him forever. And he lost by two. I mean, that's a big gap. He
3: got Marinelli wrong, and then he only got RG3 on the uh, Heisman Trophy. Wins. For think... the record, these are the Heism- active NFL quarterbacks who have a Heisman. RG3, Cam Newton, Sam Bradford, and Carson Palmer.
5: Peyton Manning never won the Heisman. No, that was his second one, but he realized
3: he was wrong right after he said it. Um, but Greg, you understand that 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 made for excellent, excellent podcast. When you, uh, a, it's g- like a basketball team <laughs> winning by twelve. It's not that exciting. <laughs>
4: <laughs> when you previewed these questions with Greg, how many did he get, did he get right?
3: Oh, I don't know. We didn't. We don't do it that way.
5: Oh, it, yeah, we don't do it that way. I uh, think I would have gotten those. The 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 toughest one was the Heisman just thinking it off the top of your head.
3: Alright, so you're not out of the woods, Wes. Uh, you're not out of the woods yet, Wes. You have one more contestant. Uh the gold standard behind the glass. Who do we have? Who's next?
2: We have a, a gentleman who is a Giants fan. Actually so we've got a Jetson Giants fan today. This man's name is Dan. Big Dan. It's sort of bizarro world version I know. of you. This, this is, is great. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Can he pronounce Ver S militude?
2: <laughs> we'll have to ask him.
3: Okay. I won't because that's a hard thing to say.
4: Similitude
5: versus similitude,
4: verisimilitude,
3: verisimilitude. That's it. <laughs> Veracity. No, there's this uh, verisimilitude.
5: <laughs> All right. We should hire the gyrus bird guide to say <laughs> <laughs> verisimilitude.
4: Yes, we should.
3: Dan, are you there, gentlemen? All right. Oh, I like the attitude, confidence. Yeah. Dan, where are you calling from?
2: I am calling from Niles, Ohio.
3: Niles, Niles, Ohio, a Giant fan. How did you become a Giant fan if you're from Ohio? Uh,
2: um,
5: I, uh, <laughs> I started watching football when I was five.
4: Um, Giants were good that year. If you they, uh, If you were in Bengals or Browns country, you, you'd root for another team, too. Yeah.
5: Well, actually, my mom is a big Bengals fan, but, um... I don't know. I just uh, kinda lashed onto the Giants. They uh, that was the year Norwood missed
3: the kick. Yeah, ninety. So yeah, that that is the thing. If you are if you are a fan of a New York team, if you land the Giants, what a blessed life. If you end up with the Jets, you're you're in a bad you're in a bad way, that's me. But you've had a nice life, Dan, but now it could get even greater. Because now you are playing for Wes's toaster. I know this is something that's probably been something of a huge life goal for you, correct? Uh
2: Number
3: one. <laughs> <laughs> All right, good. Do you know the rules of the game? I think so. All right, Wes. Dan knows the rules, so that means we're about to get this thing going. Wes is heading back. Now he's got that swagger back. We ha- I thought we had him on the ropes earlier.
5: Well, Big Mike, the intimidation didn't work, so now we're going with young blood. I think. Yeah. I think you're you're Dan. You're half Chris's age. If you were five. Uh- that's not really true.
3: Oh and keep in mind also, Dan, that Wes played once already today and went 6-for-6. Six six. So he's, he's hot. He's like the M- NBA Jam character that's on fire. <laughs> so that's what you're up against. But good luck. Best of luck to you. Uh, let's get to it. What Pro Bowl wide receiver set a franchise record with touchdown catches in seven consecutive games in 2010? Pat. Um, yeah. Bill Belichick served as the defensive coordinator for two teams before being hired as coach of the Patriots. Name those two teams. The New York Giants and Cleveland Browns. Whose 65-yard punt return for a touchdown as time expired beat the Giants in a 2010 game dubbed the Miracle at the New Meadowlands?
4: You had to do this to me.
3: John Jackson. (laughs) Name the Titans' tight end who threw the lateral pass in the Music City Miracle against the Bills in the 99 NFL playoffs. Frank Wojciak. Who is the NFL's active leader in sacks? Uh, Jared Allen. This Pro Bowl wideout finished the 2008 postseason with 30 catches for 536 yards and seven touchdowns. Larry Fitzgerald. Do you want to go back? Yes. What Pro Bowl wide receiver set time. a franchise record? Time. Okay. Out of time. I would have said Steve Smith. Okay. Wouldn't you have wouldn't have
5: gotten right. it anyways. That's fine.
3: All right, buddy. You got... Uh, three out of six. Not okay. bad. Right, so just and you hang... picked up some tough ones yeah, there. You so you get... It right. was a little tougher. Here comes Wes heading back into the room now. Wes, in an unprecedented move, I'm going to tell you how the contestant did. I don't believe you. Yeah, you're right to not believe me. Because I'll never tell you (laughs) what the prior contestant did. Maybe let's do it. We need something to end this streak. No, he needs to... Change it up. Always assume that six out of six, because it might have actually happened this time. You know what I'm saying? (laughs)
4: Greg's shaking his head no. (laughs) (laughs) It's not giving away
3: much. Here we go. Greg continually undermining (laughs) what is, by all counts, one of America's great games. All right. Gold standard. What Pro Bowl wide receiver set a franchise record with touchdown catches in seven consecutive games in 2010? Calvin Johnson. Bill Belichick served as the defensive coordinator for two teams before being hired as coach of the Patriots. Name those two teams. Giants and Jets. Whose 65-yard punt return touchdown as time expired beat the Giants in a 2010 Deshaun game? Deshaun Jackson. Name the Titans' tight end who threw the lateral pass in the Music Frank City Miracle. Warchet. Who is the NFL's active leader in sacks? John Abraham. The Pro Bowl wideout, this Pro Bowl wideout finished the 2008 postseason with 30 catches for 536 yards and seven TDs. Larry Fitzgerald. Stop the clock. Boom. Five out of six. Calvin Johnson was wrong, wasn't it? That was wrong. Wes keeps his toaster. <laughs> Dan. the nice battle. Yeah. Dan had three. Oh, nicely done. Dan. There's only one question you guys both got wrong, and that would be what Pro Bowl wide receiver set the franchise record with seven straight uh, games of touchdowns? That was Dwayne Bowe in 2010. Oh, okay. 2010.
4: I would not have got that.
3: Dwayne Bowe went. That's a sneaky question. Crazy. Nicely done. Yes, thank you. you. had 15
4: TDs at you. Yes,
3: and um, unfortunately for Dan, the active sack leader, John Abraham, I believe, has 132 sacks. Jared Allen, who was Dan's guest, I believe has 128.5. So very close but not that. I only
4: legal. knew that because uh I saw that stat somewhere last week.
3: There you go. All right Dan, thank you very much for uh a, you know, a valiant try, but this again was Wes's day.
5: All right, thanks for having me guys.
3: All right. Well, you know what? It's it hurts to send these people away downtrodden because you could hear the hurt in their voices. Hey,
5: you talk about this like it's America's favorite game, it's so uplifting and yet we send away two people miserable every time. <laughs>
3: Listen. It's
2: supposed to be about the listeners. I think it's a tremendously humbling experience because I get all these tweets flooding in about, oh, Wes, he can't, nah, he, he can't do anything against me, and then this it, happens. It's a nice life lesson. It's
3: funny that it's Dynasty Week. What's one the lesson? Last week. Don't
2: mess with whistling. Conduct yourself humbly over social media. That's <laughs> a great. We <laughs> teach all our kids that, right?
3: Yeah. This is the last week of Dynasty Week for NFL Network. They're ending it with who are they ending it with? Cowboys. The Cowboys. Next week it should be Wes. For Win West's Toaster. I
4: I think I might need a longer uh, winning streak here.
3: I I feel like you're in a pretty nice role. Anyway, so that is it for Win West's Toaster. This edition, Wes, you're keeping your toaster. What are you going to do with it? It's going to stay where it always is the bottom drawer of my desk. Wow.
4: Waiting for someone to come get it.
3: Ooh, so that's just a challenge. It's
5: unopened. It is unopened.
3: Excellent. All right.
5: Convenient that Wink gets to keep his precious game on (laughs) in perpetuity.
3: Um,. Listen, Gold Standard, great job today, by the way. Thank you. do means let, a lot, Don't guys. let Greg get to you because he's just upset because he's pretending he doesn't love the game. He does love the game.
5: <laughs> uh, Dan's saying great job at getting B-minus contestants. That's what we're looking <laughs> for, to keep it entertaining, but to keep the game alive. You just
3: insulted Dan and Big Mike. Yeah, hey. they were both great contestants. They, I thought. Great. they didn't win. All right. Well, what maybe next time. And that's it for this podcast, today's edition of the ATL Podcast. We will be back on Wednesday where we'll cover all the news and uh, whatever else is going on in the league, and maybe we'll get into more about uh, Wes's history as a government worker. <laughs> Who knows? It's all in play. Civil servant. That's it, a civil servant. Uh, but until then, this is Dan Hansen signing off for the mailman, the boss, and the gold standard until Wednesday. <laughs> Welcome back to another edition of the Around the League podcast. My name is Dan Hansen, and I am joined by a room of... <laughs> <laughs>
1: Com. slash iHeart.